Welcome to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. Today is December 10th. This is a Thursday night pod. We're going to release this about midnight, so most of you folks are listening to it on a Friday. So let me be the first to say happy Friday. Uh, We're looking forward to the weekend here on the Pineapple Couch, episode 66. Um, We're going to be looking at college football. And we're going to be getting Luso's locks, courtesy of Christo, of course. And then we're also going to be going into NFL Week 14, giving out our best bets per usual here on the Pineapple Couch. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. If you like what you're listening to, give us five stars. Leave a question with your review. We'll get to that some. We're actually going to probably do a question, um, a voicemail episode of the Pineapple Couch sometime next week, guys, because it's it's building up. We got some good questions. Um, but yeah, you guys, I should introduce who I am talking to. I got Big Dog. Big Dog, how you doing, my friend? Doing fantastic. It's good. To, how we doing, couch? It's good. It's good to see you. You look very nice today. He's wearing a nice yellow polo, folks. Um, and Christo, how are you doing, my friend? Hello. Uh, the the most electric sound in all of podcasting was that that like last five seconds. That's what the listeners look forward to, and that's what I look forward to. Um, couple things that I want to get into before we just dive straight into college football. Really just one or two things. So James Harden in the never-ending saga that's going on with him, and we're going to be back talking NBA on Tuesday, but he basically said he's willing to go to other teams, which of course were other very good teams. So I believe he expanded his teams he would go to to the Bucks, the Heat, and the Clippers now. Um, And I bring this up Mainly to ask Mr. Big Dog, what would you trade if you were the Bucks to get James Harden, or do you want James Harden? I would trade everything besides Giannis. Giannis. I will trade anything. I'll trade every draft pick. I'll do everything. Nothing they've done has worked, obviously, because they've made to one Eastern Conference final. That's really cool. Nobody cares. They lost again in the second round. Again, nobody cares. You're never going to win if you just keep adding... Dante DiVincenzo's little subpar. Like, who else? They have? I mean, Dante DiVincenzo, you like Brooke Lowe. But yeah, I know you've got you like five or six C players that yeah. are never. You need a superstar with you, honestly. A legit superstar. James Harden, he maybe he's not. The, I'm not sure. He's not super um, ideal. Christo, so let's say that James Harden doesn't get his wish granted and he doesn't go to one of these championship contending teams. As a Sacramento Kings fan, would you want Harden to come to Sacktown? And if so, what would you give up? No, um, it, it, because hey, they, I like it. They would ha- they would have to give uh, up everything. And I'm all in the NBA. I'm always a, a fan of, of building a team from the ground up. And I know it's you know that the Lakers basically just did you know what they did, um, and, and by signing Anthony Davis and basically just you know foregoing the rest of their future by trading away everything that they had. But um, as far as far as Harden goes, I just think that the Kings would have to mortgage their entire future to be able to 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 bring him in. And and the big holdup with the whole deal thus far has been that they haven't been able to get somebody back of equal caliber, you know, well, not of equal caliber, but in the same realm as James Harden, like a star. Um mm-hmm. Because and that's the reason the Sixers made so much sense was because you know Ben Simmons is probably the closest you're going to get if he goes he can't go to the Nets because what are they getting back like Karis LeVert that's going to be the main piece of the trade and with the Kings like I feel like they would have to give up they would have to give up Bagley and somebody else maybe they would even 
probably have to even explore giving up Fox. Who they, Which you wouldn't do. No. And Which I, I wouldn't do. I would not give up De'Aaron Fox. No. Anyway, I, I wouldn't, but you know that's where the conversation is going to start. Yep. So oh, definitely. I, I, that, that, that reason in and of itself, I wouldn't even entertain the option. Yeah. Okay. Why? What did you do? I would. Would you do it if you're the Bucks? Well, it, I mean, it depends. Giannis on the might not even sign sense. with them. It, they it they don't have well, enough. Like if. But Giannis might not sign until. Yeah. Like, fuck it. They'll be but, irrelevant for forty years. So again. I mean, if you can find a way to get James Harden to Milwaukee, I, if you're the Bucks, I think you do it. What What you would have to do though is you would need to you'd need to package Middleton, Lopez, okay. and just a, every great. pick ever. And you, I don't, awesome. I don't think though, Andrew, that that's enough. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Like I don't, because like if Ben Simmons, like Chris mentioned, gets thrown out there, I mean theoretically, even the Brooklyn Nets, you could package Levert, Dinwiddie picks, and that's kind of more valuable than Chris Middleton. So it's 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 tough, and I don't, I don't think the Bucks are gonna throw drew holiday in and even if they were willing to do that what is drew holiday worth to houston who's kind of going through a reap i don't know that's where it's going to be interesting i think philly is the i like the one that makes the most sense but i again i don't know like theoretically like how would the clippers get involved in this i don't think they would because i don't think Kawhi and james Trip harden Paul George. yeah i mean i just <laughs> maybe i don't know I don't know how that works if he just signed. If they could trade him, they might have to wait. Or maybe, I don't know. Um, Let if, uh, Chris, if he goes anywhere else but the Sixers, I think a third team has to be involved. So I heard, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'd have to find a way to like get two young assets to equal a star. Right. You got to make a Simmons out of like two two sums to equal a whole what or whatever that or is. like get Andrew. the nuggets involved and go to and get porter out of it or something yeah that's exactly what i was thinking what are you guys thinking about Giannis? because this isn't typical Giannis to like ignore the media and it, i mean he sounds well, like a 27 or 28 year old basketball player wanting to explore the yeah agency. that's what it, it's starting to look like that more and more I, I last year he cried during his MVP i know speech, but and that gave me so, so much hope and okay, I well, remember kevin durant he when he cried you the real mvp he, there we go. It's just that's the one yeah, thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. I think that the Bucks had Giannis signed, sealed, and delivered to re-sign. I think that how they fucked up with Bogdan or in that trade and how they it got leaked and they, they fucked it all up. I think that really pissed Giannis off. And because from reports that I've seen, Drew Holiday, he want that was good. Giannis approved of that, but that the number one thing Giannis wanted was Bogdan. And so that, I don't know. It's it seems, it's just so naive if he's going to try and go the route of, like, I'm not going to sign the Supermax, but don't ask me about it because I'm just focused on basketball. It's like, bro, we've seen that. It's not going to work. Like, you're just going to be constantly asked What, and what happened to Bob Dunn? When, so essentially what happened is that they, they did the – they, like, agreed to everything a part of the trade, like, four days before they were allowed to, like, start doing, like – before you were allowed to start trading and doing free agency and so it leaked like two days before and everyone's in the so the nba saw that like okay jesus like usually they don't step in that badly but it was just so fucking obvious that they're like okay we have to go come in and say no you were so he's still in the case no he signed with the hawks 
Yeah, I mean, that was just it was blatant, dumb though. shit it by was the bla- Bucks. It was blatantly obvious. Yeah, I mean, and when you're dealing with Vlade. It's... <laughs> <laughs> well, he was dealing with Monty McNair at that point. That's true. That's true. But, but Vlade's blood still runs through the veins yep, he's those halls. Bogdan's still a Serbian, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So, yeah, we'll be back talking NBA on Tuesday, and Sunday nights will be our obviously our NFL recap. So we're going to try and keep going with that schedule for the immediate future. But, Christo, we are going to be adding – like basically an extra hour of college football to this pod every week. Well, right now we're going to give them a little taste of that. Let's get you to uh, let's talk about some of the headlines in college football. Let's look ahead to this weekend. Let's recap a little from last weekend, and most importantly, let's get your locks for the listeners out there. Luso's locks, Mister Lucich, take it away. Okay, so I think chronologically it makes sense to go ahead and recap last week first, and then yep. we'll get into how this week unfolded. First and foremost, we got to talk about you know. Uh, the the top of the land and that's Alabama um, and lumped into that Alabama conversation. We'll, we can also talk a little bit of Heisman um, because that's getting interesting too. Um, so obviously Alabama last week, absolutely floored LSU 55, 17. Mm-hmm. Um, go Tigers. Yeah. Go Tigers. Hold it Tigers. <laughs> um, but uh you, you kind of knew going in that Saban wasn't going to let up after everything that, that happened last year. I don't know if you heard the stories about what happened after last year. but uh, Roll Tide what? Fuck you. <laughs> yep. And all the players walked around the stadium and went specifically to like the section where they had all of the uh, recruits that Alabama was bringing in. And all the players oh, and the coaches walked up to their recruits and, and they're like, what do you guys do? what are you guys doing here? Look what just happened. Like talking a bunch of shit to the Alabama recruits. And so Saban obviously wasn't going to let up on the score. So that was a no brainer to take Bama uh, with the laying the big number 29 and a half there against LSU last week. But um, their offense was absolutely insane last week. First of all, Devonta Smith laser show had eight receptions. Eight He's so receptions. Good. He's so fucking good. For 231 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, just unbelievable how, how good he's been this year after Jalen Waddle went down. Jalen Waddle's probably a better receiver than DeFonda Smith is. He's just more electric kick returner, but he broke his leg against Tennessee this year, so he's been out for most of the year. Um, Mac Jones was 20 of 28 with uh, 385 yards and four touchdowns. Um, and they even brought in Bryce Young, their their uh, backup quarterback, near the end of the game. He didn't even play the whole game. Um, and then uh, Najee Harris had uh, had a heck of a game too. Ran for like I think 145 yards or something like that. On the year, he's the fourth leading rusher in the NCAA. He's got 1,038 yards and 20 touchdowns, which is three more than the second Yeesh. place guy. <laughs> yeah, just absolutely incredible what he's done this year. Um, the guy in second behind him, his name is Brees Hall. He's running back out of Iowa State. Look for him to to be in the league next year. He's an absolute stud. I think before uh, he would, before him, I think it might have been David Montgomery, uh, who plays for the Bears it, now. And they had Dobbins. Obviously. No, Dobbins went to Ohio State. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Iowa State. Sorry. Um, yeah, Iowa State, and I think David Montgomery went there if I'm if I'm not mistaken, 
but uh, he's been a beast this year. But uh, on the and then on the year too. Just speaking of uh, speaking of Heisman, I think Mac Jones. You know, it, it, right now it's between Mac Jones and Kyle Trask, the quarterback from Florida. Um, and I like him. Yeah, he's had a great year. He threw for over 400 yards again last week too. Um, and, and it's really just it's really, you know, it's going to be a great SEC championship between Alabama and Florida because Florida's defense is a little bit down. Um, they've got a good defensive line, but you know uh, they've had some injuries and a few opt outs as well. So. I think it's going to be a, a high-scoring, fun-to-watch type game, which might be the first time you could say that in an SEC championship in a while. Wait, is Al- Alabama going to be favored by like going to that game like 13, 14, 10 and a half? Uh, I mean, I think it would be like 13 and a half, right? I, I, I would say probably somewhere in double digits. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in double digits. It might be close to two touchdowns. If it's anything above two touchdowns, I think it'll get bet down. Um you know, closer to 14, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I foresee it being just into double digits, maybe somewhere in the 11 and a half to 13 and a half range, but okay. we'll also see what happens this week too. Um, because you know, there, there's a potential that Alabama might let their foot off the throttle a little bit this week against Arkansas. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe like not play all their starters in the second half or, or something like that. And, and if that happens, there's a potential that it, might affect uh, the number in Vegas. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, but uh, yeah, Mac Jones on the year now as uh, 3,113 yards on 76% completion percentage, which is just unbelievable. Um, 27 touchdowns and three interceptions. And he's just had an absolutely incredible year. <clears throat> he's had like, well, He's had a lot less pass attempts than a lot of guys in the NCAA just because they don't run have to run as many plays because they're usually running the ball at the end of the game. Um, and same goes for Najee Harris. He has 100 less rushing attempts than, than Brees Hall, who's the leading rusher, and yet he's still only 200 yards behind him. So um, just interesting stuff, you know, towards the end of the year. And the, uh, Is anyone going to stop Alabama this year, Chris? <clears throat> Are they going to roll? It's hard, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to see it. And – um, we'll see. I mean, Clemson just, you know, Clemson is fully back now that Trevor Lawrence is back. Yeah. They completely ran over Virginia Tech last week. Um, and, you know, I I think the ACC title game, I don't really see a way for Notre Dame to win the game. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's high likelihood. I mean, we'll, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens with Ohio State, really, because Ohio State's a yeah. bad matchup for Alabama, to be honest, because – uh, they always struggle against mobile quarterbacks. I think they fare better against Kyle Trask, who's who might win the Heisman, as opposed to Justin Fields, who has no shot at the Heisman because he's only played five games. Um, you know, so it it'll be interesting. I I, I think uh, I think the best matchup out of out of all of that would be Alabama Ohio State, which hopefully we get to see in the playoff. And then last thing, um, Texas A and M. Do they have any shot in hell in getting that top four? What what would have to happen? Would Notre Dame just have to lose by like forty to Clemson to get knocked out to get maybe Texas A and M gets a uh, a seat at the table? No. Um. So what would have to happen is, um, Alabama would need to beat Florida, and okay. Notre Dame would need to beat Clemson again. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, but so they okay. Where it's going to turn into an absolute shit show is if. 
is if Clemson beats Notre Dame and um, if Clemson beats Florida Notre beats Dame Bama. and Florida beats Bama. And I, yeah, that would be a... Yeah, it would be an absolute... Yeah, it would be a shit show. I don't know what they would do because the ACC, besides Clemson and Notre Dame, doesn't have any competition in it. I mean, sure, you can say Miami, but I don't really believe in them very much. Um, mm-hmm. But... Uh, I'll get into the rankings, you know, a little bit towards the end, but uh, just a couple of talking points on what happened this past week. Uh, I know on Sunday pod, we mentioned a little bit about the Appalachian state or no, the coastal Carolina BYU. So I'm not going to touch much on that, but I just, I love that they put that game together. Absolutely awesome on both sides. The best part of maybe my favorite game of the season. And just like what it's, that was a perfect example of what college football and college sports should try to do. That's exactly but for some reason, right. they never do it. That's what Ohio and that State and beautiful. A&M should do this weekend because both their God, games got canceled. that would have been canceled. fucking beautiful. Yeah. I mean, or at least they should have gone and played our Chanticleers. Or the Clears, yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, they did get to play last week, but this week against Michigan, it got canceled. So I think they should play A&M or, um, you know, they should find, you know, some other team that got their game canceled and, and try and bring them in and play because – you know, it just it, it, it makes sense. You saw that BYU halfway across the country was able to put it together in two days and come out and play in uh, Conway, South mm-hmm. Carolina. So it works. Credit to them. Yeah. Credit to BYU. That was like they they ended up losing. I mean, what by like half an inch, half an inch, two inches. Yeah. But credit <laughs> to BYU. That was most teams don't go and do that. You know, a team that wouldn't do that, Notre Dame. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. As a matter <laughs> of fact, the ACC canceled Notre Dame's game this week against Wake Forest. Uh, in order to give them a bye week before the uh, ACC championship against Clemson. They were supposed to play and Wake. And fucking course Notre Dame gets to play Clemson with no Trevor Lawrence. I mean. That's just the most Notre Dame thing of all time. That's crazy. It's ridiculous. And, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> oh, jeez. It, it's ridiculous. I think uh, I think that game will be interesting. But I do think Clemson has a much better team with, with mm-hmm. Lawrence back there. Um, but one game I wanted to touch on was uh, – was the game on Friday night, actually. Um, Appalachian State versus Louisiana in Boone, North Carolina. <laughs> it was absolutely piss and rain. And Appalachian State was laying three points. Mm-hmm. And the long snapper for Louisiana. Louisiana was controlling the game like the whole, the whole time. But the long snapper from Louisiana snapped it over the punter's head three times. And he snapped it over the kick holder's head once in the same game. And so they did something I've never seen in my life before. It was fourth and two from their own 30-yard line, uh, Louisiana. And instead of punting the ball away and putting Appalachian State way back into their own territory, the quarterback took the snap on fourth down, turned around, and ran 40 yards out of the back of the end zone and took a safety because <laughs> are you kidding it made me? it a three point made it a three point game I, I saw like i saw a video of this it was i was so yeah it was it was, it was the weirdest thing i've ever seen in a football game i don't understand why you don't just go for it on fourth and two right there that's what i was gonna say because you're giving the ball back and they could score yeah. regardless yeah. It, it's ridiculous first of all yeah it made it a he still has a job it, though. Yeah, it's crazy they, they made it a field goal game so all Appalachian State really needed to do was go 20 yards to be in field goal range after they returned the uh, the kickoff from the safety. And I don't know. It was the oddest thing I've ever seen, and I've been watching football for a long time. <laughs> Bro, 
Brian's trying to comprehend it. Right yeah. Now. yeah, I don't. I don't even like. He doesn't can't. even understand. It's like, like just look it up after it was the weirdest sequence of plays I've seen. Was Anthony Lynn wow. coaching? And and we are watching Anthony Lynn every Sunday. And it was weirder than yeah, that. It was. It was weirder than an HB dive four straight times. Jesus. Um. Yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. I'd never seen anything like it, so I just wanted to bring that up. But uh, I touched on him a little bit earlier for the next thing, and that's Brees Hall. Iowa State, incredible win this week, 42-6 to over West Virginia. And Brees Hall is playing his ass off this year, running back from Iowa State. Look for him to be in the league next year. Um, I'll just run quick through these last ones. but uh, You're good. I'm looking up that play. Okay. Uh <laughs> Oklahoma State, we talked about them a little bit earlier this year, but obviously they're proving to be frauds. Uh, I thought that the biggest thing for them this year was going to be their defense. Th- is not the case at all anymore. They're falling apart. Um, just lost to TCU this past week. Um, fun game to watch, but, man, they, they've looked awful ever since they played Oklahoma. So they're pretty much out of the conversation. And then a couple of Pac-12 uh, nuggets here. A Stanford beat Washington, which was crazy. I think it was like 31 to 26 or something like that. Um, and uh, and the Washington offense this year has been just awful. Absolutely awful. I haven't seen Washington look like this in quite some time. And, and, and Stamp- they let Stanford run for, for almost 200 yards on them. Which... So go off your point of Washington. Wait, wait, wait. When- I just watched that play. <laughs> That is absurd. Yeah. Isn't it insane, dude? That is absurd. It's like, ridiculous. I just want to know what went through his head. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, sorry, Chris. But to go another story time for us, Washington's offense so bad. Yes, when we were when I was in San Francisco a couple weeks ago, oh we got the boys God. to take the over 45. Like Washington us. against the Beavers. First half, there's 42 points or something like that. And it ends up <laughs> zero point shutout. And many would blame uh, the ginger Eric Robinson because in the third quarter, mid to late third quarter, he was like, "I meet, I want to go to the bars." And it's like, "Okay, Eric, we're in a fucking pandemic. What bar are you going to go to?" <laughs> and it's like you can go sit outside, and it's like forty degrees. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And but we're like, "Eric, the bet." And he's like, "Oh, we're going to get it. It's fine." And that motherfucker left, and we did not get oh, it, and that is on him. Goodness. But that was the most. Abs- that was one of the worst beats i think of all time because what i ended up putting like 50 a field goal on, like, just a point in the second half we would have won from either team Eight points. absurd safety field goal just one single one and you can't get it that it right there that's the epitome <laughs> of fucking betting on college you get football. two in football it's just like if you get a point it's at least two. Oh, that is hilarious <laughs> Jesus well, I still love betting over, so I can't stop. Yeah, it. if you take an uh, okay. under in college football, I don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's illegal. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Stanford uh, Stanford ran all over Washington, so that was interesting. Um, and then Cal beat Oregon. And Oregon, I don't know what in the hell is going on in Oregon. Uh, they lost the best player that ever went to their program. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's very true. <laughs> Herb. <laughs> Um, over there in Max. Los Angeles, I, I bet you, I bet you, wish he brought Mario Cristobal with him up there to the Chargers <laughs> <laughs> and his head coach and yeah. their offensive line well, too. As well. So yeah. Mario Cristobal is the head coach of Oregon, and he was formerly an offensive line coach. So maybe the Chargers should hire him. <laughs> I'm all in. <laughs> yeah, he... I am open to anything. <laughs> I will hire you, Chris. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? <laughs> like, we would rather have Chris Lusich 
than Anthony Lynn. <laughs> oh yeah. Easy. Yeah, see? Not even no hesitation. He comes back, puts the heads I mean no hesitation. I never mind. I'll throw my hat. I don't want to have to do the, the editing work this week. I don't want to have to bleep something out. I'm just gonna hold my tongue. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> um But uh yeah, and then Cal yeah, Cal beat up on Oregon. Second loss in a row for Oregon. They lost to Oregon State the week prior. Um, and I kind of like what Oregon State's doing this year, but, you know, it's more of just a testament to Oregon's having a bit of a down year this year. Uh, Justin Wilcox, head coach at Cal, has been there for four years now. He's just at, doing an absolutely great job with that program. Their defense is good again this year. Um, and then, you know, I just I, I really like the schemes he puts together, and, and it was a good win by Cal. Um, and then... So that's pretty much the recap for, for last week. And then uh, just a mm-hmm. couple of things I wanted to touch on uh, before we get to the picks um, in the rankings. First of all, you mentioned it, but what the Big Ten did um, was absolutely ridiculous. And it's not necessarily because they're opening the door for Ohio State to get in because the way this, is, this was going to work is that if Ohio State lost to Michigan, it didn't matter. Um, they would still be playing in the big in the Big Ten championship game because they beat Indiana. So they would have the tiebreaker there, and they would go and play Northwestern regardless. So that was the reasoning behind why the Big Ten decided to change the rule that they had to play at least six games to get in, and. At the beginning of this year, I got on this podcast and said that what the Big Ten was doing this year was the stupidest rule ever, which it was. But this is even stupider than the freaking initial rule than they that they put out there because now they not, not only did away with the rule that they made at the beginning of the year, which I, I don't understand how you can just do that as a conference in the middle of the season. Um, they have no backbone. Yeah, it, it's, it's crazy, but, you know, it – it just like it kind of robs. It, I feel like it robs Indiana a little bit, and like the the most fun, maybe the most fun team of this college football season. By yeah, the way. Indiana. Like, and it's by just far like my favorite. And it's well, coastal. Sorry, to jump in out. really. Quick. Chris, out. it's just this shit every fucking year with Ohio State and stuff like this. I, for the life of me, do not understand the appeal of Ohio State. I kind of, I, and I don't kind of hate. I hate Ohio yeah, State. Yeah. I think you know. Well, I'm gonna go out on a limb here, guys. Ohio sucks. Is that fair? Out on a limb. Well, it has Cleveland, so I mean, you can't. <laughs> Cleveland's like Cleveland the China of America, or Akron, or Columbus. Akron. <laughs> Those are the three cities I know. That's all I got. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Chris. Go ahead. I just hate Ohio State. Uh, Ohio. Yeah. Not not a great not not a great city or state rather, but uh, <laughs> Cleveland. It's yeah. I can't imagine living in that city. Um, but uh, but what they did, you know, I just I don't like that they went back on the rule that they instituted at the start of the year. Even though I didn't like the rule initially, and I came out and said it, it's just it goes against everything that sports has ever stood for to be able to, to renege on a rule like that in the middle of, of the season. I just don't like that at all. The other, the other thing is I just mentioned Iowa state switching gears to the big 12 slash, uh, American athletic conference. Um, I just mentioned that Iowa state had a, a great win. Cincinnati was idle last week. Um, 
They're supposed to play Tulsa this week, but they can't play Tulsa. There's another opponent that Ohio State could could play against in state. I don't I don't understand why they can't. They would never do yeah, it. Yeah, they wouldn't. They would never because it's they've it's like Indiana. What's what you're saying about how it goes against everything in sports? It's like Indiana this season. It kind of is like they're fighting an uphill battle. Like they they really had no chance, and that's solely based on the name, right? Of Ohio State, mm-hmm. and that's just annoying. Yeah, and they would never do it. And besides, one of their old assistant coaches, Luke Fickle, is the coach at uh, Cincinnati, and and it just it doesn't it yeah. doesn't make well, sense for I for Ohio and, State to do that. And, yeah, and as like annoying as this is that Ohio State is getting in and all this, this is just like a. I'm kind of glad it's happening this week because if you juxtapose that to the BYU Coastal Carolina game and how these teams were trying to make it happen. I mean, at least for me, and I bet a lot of people out there, this you're just like, we knew Ohio State was like this, and they're scumbags. And it's just like, okay, we just saw what really college sports should be about. But it's like, okay, go ahead and do your right. thing. Like you're gonna, you're not gonna win at all. But whatever. yeah, no, I completely agree. But they put Iowa State ahead of Cincinnati with two losses. They're, Iowa State's at number seven right now, and Cincinnati got dropped a spot to number eight, um, and they were idle last week, uh, and, and they don't have a shot to be able. And it's not their fault. It's not. It's not COVID issues within their program. It's the COVID issues within the Tulsa program that's prohibiting this game from going on. And I just, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a little bit. You know, it's a little bit funky that 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 they would allow something like that to happen. Um, now, I, I completely disagree with what the Big Ten did. Even with that said, if I were to sit here today and pick the four best teams, Ohio State would still be in that top four teams. So, yeah. you know, yeah. even if even if Ohio State went to Cincinnati and played Cincinnati and lost to Cincinnati, I don't think that they would put A&M into the playoff over Ohio State, I think that they would still put Ohio State into the playoff regardless of, of, of if they did that or not. So, I don't know. It's it's just a it's a weird weird season. But, yeah, it's just I, I didn't really – I had quite a few issues with the rankings that they put out this week. And I don't like that USC is, is number 15 in the nation because of Eric. So, that's the last part. <laughs> that's funny where is Eric? he he hasn't why isn't he on the he's been getting the invites to these pods he's he's quiet yeah he's quiet he had that one he had that one week where he went like three and one in best bets and he's trying to ride off into the sunset with that we're gonna have to get him back on here um chris is it time it's time all right uh cue the music take it away all righty so we're gonna start with of course the most loyal of teams to us this year. And this is the Luso's Lock segment introducing, you know. Yeah, I'm be a little yelling. <laughs> Luso's Locks! Ow. <laughs> um, we're going to start off with uh, going back to the old well. Of course, we're going to ride with them again after the big win against BYU last week. Andrew, who we taking? First and foremost, oh, Coastal oh. Carolina, Shanta Clears. I don't care what the I don't care who they're playing. They're the best team against the spread. <laughs> we love it. For all I'm concerned, 
We love it. We love it. They're taking on Troy in Louisiana, uh, laying 13 and a half. A lot of people are going to say, easy. yeah, easy. easy. A lot of people are going to say that they just won their quote-unquote Super Bowl, but uh, they had two days to prepare for that Super Bowl, and BYU's run football team. is stout, and they ran for 190 yards against them. Just an incredible, incredible av- outing. Number 15 in the country, averaging 228 yards on the ground per game, Coastal is. And I've never seen an offense like this. It's like a run. It's like a RPO triple option out of the shotgun. It's absolutely incredible design. Uh, their head coach isn't going to be at that program for very much longer. So look at that one. Now, this is a dangerous game, my second pick here. And the reason is, is because Houston is covid central they haven't played a game since (laughs) november 14th because they've been canceled due to covid so there's a potential that this game might get canceled but they're taking on memphis in memphis total is 62 and a half we're going to look at the over 62 and a half here um houston is averaging a total of 435 yards of offensive a game and Memphis is averaging 453 yards of offense per game. So, uh we're looking for about 1000 yards of offense here in this in this game and I think that translates at over 62 and a half points. So, we're going to we're going to take that one for our second mm. Lusos lock of the day. Next, we've got Boise State taking on Wyoming. Um you know, after that BYU loss, uh, the loss against BYU, and they got stomped against BYU. They, BYU came in and beat them 51-17. to 17. So after that, you know, they've kind of gone under the radar a little bit, but they absolutely handled Colorado State, who was really good last year. Their head coach, Jeff Collins, has actually moved on, and he's coaching at Georgia Tech now. Took over for Paul Johnson, who ran the triple option there, the high school offense for about – 30 years um and, and then they beat up on hawaii as well so they're in a little uh, colorado states on a little bit of a down year i understand but they still beat them 52 to 21 um i look for boise state to roll over wyoming as long as they can contain the uh washing or the wyoming rushing attack which i believe they can i just think they've got a lot better players than wyoming does so we are laying 11 and a half with boise state in wyoming Next, this is my favorite pick of the week. It's not my lock of the week, but it's just my favorite pick, and I love to be able to say this. We are taking the UCLA Bruins plus two oh. and a half L- at hey, the hey, USC hey, Trojans. Let's go. Jeff Robbins is jumping out of his chair right now. Listen to this. Oh, we love Chip it. Kelly. We are taking Chip Kelly, and guess Chip, what, boys? Chip, 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 Chip Kelly is bringing this program around. He's bringing it around. Don't say he that. is bringing Don't it around. Say that in the microphone. He is definitely bringing it around. Celebrate good times. <laughs> Come on. They haven't happened yet. <laughs> it's coming, so, big dog. Keep going, Chris. Yeah, yeah so is Chuck. They, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson is having a much better year. He's starting to kind of get a grasp on the offense. Um, he's 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 playing pretty well this year. So is Keaton Slovis. But in a rivalry game like this, I'm going to take the points more often than not. I know it's a short number at only two and a half, but I just really like the way UCLA has looked this year. I think Colorado's the best team in the Pac-12, and UCLA really gave them a run in this year um, in Colorado. So I, I like what they're doing this year. Uh, I think Chip's got um, 
them, you know, much in a much better place than the program's been in in the past few years. So uh, I like UCLA plus two and a half. Um, next lock, we've got Virginia at Virginia Tech. Normally, I'm taking Virginia Tech in this rivalry game because, especially if it's in Black in Blacksburg, uh, West Virginia, because it is such an electric environment there. If you've never seen what happens when Virginia Tech walks into the stadium, absolutely look it up online. It is one is of the, the Inner Sandman. Do they play Inner Sandman? It's Inner Sandman, and the entire crowd yeah. jumps. And if you stand outside of the stadium and watch the stadium. The stadium is literally moving from side to side. That's how absolutely electric it is in that stadium. It is an absolute electric factory in there. So uh, if if the fans are there, I'm taking Vatek every year. But I just think Virginia is a little bit better. I'm going to trust Bronco Mendenhall over Justin Fuente in this game to get a better game plan together and handle um, Virginia Tech. So I like Virginia plus two and a half in that spot. Um Next, I'm more. I like BYU's offense. I absolutely do. I think Zach Wilson is a stud, but I'm more playing a spot here. I'm playing a bounce back spot for BYU. Um, San Diego State's got to travel up to Provo and take on BYU after uh, you know uh, going across the whole the whole mm-hmm. uh, country in two days. Uh, I I know BYU's had some much-needed rest this week, but they get to take on San Diego State. They are laying a big number, 17.5, but I think that they're going to put up 50 points on the San Diego State team. Um, So I like BYU bouncing back and getting that cover by 17.5. So like that one as well. Next, we've we've got – That's a great play. Yeah. I I will be taking that as well. Absolutely. Put it on the sheet. Um, Next, we've got Fresno State. Um, taking on New Mexico, traveling to New Mexico. Uh, head coach is uh, Rocky Long, former head coach of San Diego State, actually. He's over at New Mexico now. Um, doing a better job with the program, but I just don't think they're going to be able to contain Fresno State's offense. Um, so I look for them to cover that 12-and-a-half against New Mexico. Um, and, of course, um, the former college of Brian Urlacher. Um he has hair now. I know. That was remarkable. Brian Urlacher has hair? Yeah. Look that up. Weird. Never seen He's pretty fucking He was weird. on the Jason Witten plan for a bit there. <laughs> <laughs> um, next, uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to look for Alabama to keep rolling in the next spot. Big, big number. Real tad. Uh, they're taking on Arkansas in Arkansas. Laying 31 and a half. The only thing I could see here is if Nick Saban lets his foot off the gas a little bit uh, going into championship week next week, which is a possibility, but I don't know. I, I think with Mac Jones this close to the this close to the Heisman, I think he's going to let him fly a little bit. I think Najee Harris is going to score three touchdowns, and I think Mac Jones is going to throw for five. You know, mm-hmm. So if that happens, I don't know. That's that's quite a few points. And I don't think Arkansas is going to be able to score that many points. I don't trust Felipe Franks that much. I like what uh, what their head coach is doing, Pittman, over there at uh, at Arkansas this year. Um, but I just, uh, you know, Alabama is rolling on all cylinders right now. And uh, yeah. we're going to continue to ride that um, until it does not come to fruition anymore. Uh, next, we've got Nevada. Um, at San Jose State, uh, I don't think San Jose State's actually allowed to play <laughs> at their own. No. Yeah, no, they're not. Yeah, they're not. so I don't know exactly where this game is going to be, 
But um, but San Jose State has, has is they're five and zero this year. They've been playing really really well. Um, I look for them to continue um, that trend this week and beat Nevada by more than two and a half points. So um, I think they win by a touchdown, maybe ten points. So I like San Jose State in this spot. Um, and that game is actually tomorrow. So a little Friday night action for the listeners. Mm. Um, I like that. Next pick is also Friday night pick and it is the final lock of the weekend and it is the territorial cup it's arizona state at arizona oh bear down john robbins are you with john robbins or no i am rolling with the devils here oh i probably i respect that i respect that john that's a shot at you johnny you don't even he's not he's probably not even listening this motherfucker's in college having a good time i'm rolling I'm but ro- go ahead i'm Chris, rolling sorry. with herman here i'm rolling with herman edwards uh i, I trust him to outcoach kevin sumlin um i think uh, jalen daniels their quarterback is is really good they got another really good wide receiver and his name is escaping my mind right now but um but I, I I just think that they're going to go in and win by uh, by at least two touchdowns. Could even be a blowout. So a uh, couple little Friday night action to end off Luso's locks. I like that, Chris. Well, we're going to be doing. We're going to get definitely a more magnified focused of college football as we round out this season um stay tuned to the pineapple couch because after this short break we're going to dive into everything nfl week 14 as well as some voicemails stay tuned we'll be right back All right, welcome back to episode 66 of the Pineapple Couch. We're about to get into some NFL Week 14. I can't wait, but before we do that, I have a couple questions for the boys in a new segment. Or I have one question and then a new segment and then a voicemail from loyal listener Joe Rinaldi. Um, guys, watching the uh, Thursday night football game tonight where the Rams obliterated the Patriots, uh, it got me thinking because after the game I saw Belichick and McVay exchange, and there was just... You could tell, like maybe I'm looking too much into this, maybe this is cheesy, but there's a lot of mutual respect, and Belichick really seems to respect McVeigh. Um, and so I kind of got my head, and I was thinking, who is the best coach in the NFL that you would want besides Bill Belichick? Because I believe we would all say if we could have any, it would be Bill Belichick, which it should be. But besides Belichick, who would you want to be your head coach? I know that's a big question, and there's a lot of people. So if you need to say, like, oh, him or him, you can say that. But uh, are you guys – Andrew, do you know who you'd say? I would, I would definitely consider McVay. I would think about Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. I love offense. I'd say those two, Andy Reid and Sean McVay. Okay. Chris? Um, Sean McVay is absolutely in the conversation. Um, he, uh, he is – what he's doing with the Rams offense this year is just, you know, it's, it's back to what it was like two years ago when they made the Super Bowl run. So, um, he, uh, he's been absolutely incredible. So he's definitely, um, at the top of the list. And, um, I love Tomlin. I just, uh, I think, I don't know. He just seems to like, he seems to be super relatable. Um, he seems to know, you know, how to approach different players based off of who they, they are um, mm-hmm. as a player. Yeah. Um, 
and he just has he he commands a lot of respect from the people that that play for him. All all of the all of the uh, you know ex Steelers have nothing but good things to say about him. Ryan Clark always raves about him, um, and and very very frequently do you get when one of the players uh, you know go, enters into you know sports entertainment or or or, or the media after. Um, after the, their career, and they'll they they'll have nothing bad to say about the pro, uh, the uh, the situation they pro, came from. Yeah their, yeah, their old coach or their old program or whatever. Like for example, Teddy Bruschi, they'll he'll never say a bad thing about the Patriots ever on ESPN. Um, mm-hmm. But it's different when you hear Steelers players talk about Mike Tomlin, like when you hear Ryan Clark on ESPN, or when you hear uh, Ryan Shazier on The Ringer or something like that. Uh, they don't speak about him not only as being a good coach, but just being like a really good person who you could sit down and, and have a conversation with. And I've heard the same thing about McVeigh from um, a lot of the stuff that you, you hear coming out of the Rams locker room. So um, I, 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 I just like the coaches that are able to be a little bit more relatable instead of Mike McCarthy, who all he wants to do is just eat a steak. So, yeah. Um, well, it's great is I had a couple, uh, down and you guys actually haven't named a couple. I agree with everyone you've said McVeigh, but I was thinking what jumped out at me is if I was a coach, I'd want to play for Mike Vrabel is oh, right yeah. there at the top of the list would be so fun to play for. And I actually think he's a fantastic coach. And then another guy who I think I'm guilty of this taking for granted, Sean Payton. Mm. Is a damn good coach, but I also I agree obviously with McVeigh and Andy Reid. Um, those guys have been doing it, and then just as a shout out, I will say, and Tomlin, I obviously agree. Sean McDermott of the Bills, he's done a, a, fanta- a fantastic um, job. And then, so uh, I'll feed off of that Bills take first. And Flores, Brian Flores, we should mention. A- him, absolutely, yeah. I'll feed off of that Bills take first, and and I think that um, the next person to be hired as a head coach will be Brian Dable who's the offensive coordinator for the bills. Um, yeah, I hear a lot of, I hear a lot of chatter about him becoming a head coach very soon. So look for him to get a head coaching job soon in the NFL. And he's been absolutely, you if know, we can't get the enemy for the chargers. Let's get him. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's been awesome this year. Um, and I think the league is tending more towards offensive coaches right now than defensive coaches, obviously. So um, I think he's going to get a job soon. And then also uh, I wanted to, honorable mention Matt LaFleur too because that offense is absolutely killing it right now in Green Bay too so yeah. honorable mention is him he does not get enough credit because of Rodgers but mm-hmm. um, yeah it's good okay let's go to a new segment this is called yay or nay usually we um, <clears throat> on Sundays we do the power rankings before we get into the game so I was thinking for Thursday we'll do the yay or nay um, and so I have five statements and I'm going to get you guys to say your yay or nay on them it's that simple um the New York Giants will make the playoffs and win a football game in the playoffs. Nay. Nay. I would say nay, but I think each week it's getting closer and closer to where they're they're a good football team. And we should have – I don't know if – he obviously isn't in the category of the other people we're saying, but I really like what I've seen from Joe Judge so far in, uh, for the Giants. I think he's going to be a, a decent coach. Um, okay, yay or nay, Chiefs will get the number one seed in the AFC. Yay. Nay, I think the Steelers will still get it. Steelers have it as of right now, but okay. 
Um, we have seen the last of Carson Wentz on the Eagles, yeah or nay? Yeah, or after this year, I think he's done. Well, yes. well, we're getting hurts this weekend, so nay. Now? No, because okay. uh, can I? I uh, just gonna expand on it real quick. Yeah, go for it. Because if yeah. they cut him Absolutely. next year, their cap hit is sixty oh, million. <clears throat> you think you? If you're the 49ers, would you try to get your hands on? If they're trying to deal Wentz, would you just be? I like, would. I would. No, th- there, so there's still, a deep quarterback draft. I think that Jimmy is fine. He's he's he 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 does he does what he needs to do in Kyle Shanahan's offense enough to be able to obviously get that team to a Super Bowl. Um. And I, I think when he's healthy, it'll be just when the when the whole team is healthy, it'll be fine. Um, they're going to get a high pick this year. If they want to draft a quarterback, sure they can draft a quarterback. But what I would do is draft the draft a tackle. You know, because yeah. how mm-hmm. can you rely on Trent Williams if he's going to be sitting out every game? So if they're able to get a high enough pick in the draft and get like a, a, a solid, you know, offensive lineman or a, 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 you know, I, I don't know. How high of a pick are they going to get them? So they have like, I mean, they're still in the hunt. They're almost at five hundred. Yeah, they'll be five around like seven, a, yeah, ten. Like, they'll be around like eight, nine, ten. Yeah, and they could still get a like really 12. good offensive lineman right yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. Um. Next statement: Matt Ryan will be available via trade this off season. I don't know, like his contract. No. Okay, that's vague. Would like, you, if the okay? Here's a better thing. This isn't even year or nay. If the Falcons came out and said Matt Ryan's available, how many teams do you think would be interested in Matt Ryan and should go after Matt Ryan? At least like five, I would say. If you're the 49ers and you can choose to let Jimmy G go or trade for Matt Ryan, what would you do, Chris? Uh, How many years is left on Matt Ryan's contract? I I would guess two to three. I don't know. If it's less than if it's less than three years, then I would I I would see what I can do with it. Okay, all right. Um, last yay or nay? I would take the Chiefs over the field. Yay or nay? To win the Super Bowl. I take the field. I'm not saying I would. I'm just that was the no, I'm the premise. The okay, Chris. Field. I'll take the Chiefs. Uh, no, never mind. I'll take the field. Um, Fuck. Is yeah. the Patriots the last team to repeat? Like the 04, 03, 03, 04, something like that? Or did someone else do it? Nah, yeah, I think that I think that was the last time it happened. Right, Chris? I think so. Um, but I'll, Steelers never did it. I'll yeah. go as far to, to say not only uh, the field, but not anybody in the AFC. Wow. Narrowing it down a little. I like that. Okay. We got a voicemail from friend of the program, Joe Rinaldi, who's upset with me. I should say that I accidentally grouped him in with people who were giving me shit so much about me saying Lamar is not going to be as good as everyone thinks last year and saying I'd probably rather have Baker Mayfield, which I would say still. So I apologize to saying that to Joe because he does not want to be associated with Eric, but it seems like Joe who said he wasn't associated with Lamar Jackson because I said that and I'm anti-Lamar. It sounds like Joe was, I think, now pro-Lamar Jackson. So, a preface, Joe and I have a $50 bet on the Browns plus point 
it's like plus a half point or something. I don't know. I forget what Joe sent me, but that is Browns. Yeah, it's a half point, but it's minus yeah. two now. It's minus two. I'll take the Browns. $50 me versus Joe. Let's get to his voicemail. Um, he's probably going to take a shot at Phillip Rivers. Get ready. Brian, Brian, Brian. I can't believe you GD lumped me in with Eric's unguided love for Lamar last week. I mean, dag nabbit, that hurts. I've only ever come on this podcast to hate on Phil and offer my approval for Miles Garrett's antics. If you think Lamar is so bad, then explain his MVP and Phil's lack of one. If you really think Lamar is so bad, then make a bet with me right now. Baltimore plays Cleveland on Monday, and if Baker is and the guy, then he should be able to lead his team to a win over Lamar's. By a billion. But I say Baltimore takes this game, and I'll put $50 behind my words. 50 Let's do it. I'll even lay half a point for you. Half a point. How big of you? your mouth is, Brian, or else Jacoby Brissett might lay his dick in it, just like he does to Phil whenever a play actually matters. Go Blazers. Okay, I would just like to say I will totally take the Browns in that bet. How generous of him to give me a half point. Wow. That is going to do a lot of damage. <laughs> if the game no, goes to a tie a in overtime, <laughs> I showed him. Um, here's what I will say about – oh, I got to turn my audio down a little. Um, the I – I don't want to get into the whole Philip Rivers argument this week because we don't need to, but the idea that he's saying that Jacoby Brissett comes in for all the big games for the Colts, that's not like true. 40% of them. I mean, what, like I mean, fourth and inches? Fourth and ones. Those are huge plays. For a quarterback, though, it's just you're handing it off. I mean, like when they need it on a, on a third well, and six, they're they not just... bringing in Ju- Andrew, shut the fuck up. No. Oh, I didn't. You know. You know what you're doing. You're hurting me. You're hurting Phil. I'll just figure it out. Phil's listening. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Do you have anything to say to, to him? Kids, they can tell stories. You know? Oh, I love you, Phil. Um, uh, they bring him in to throw Hail Marys because Phil can't do it. <laughs> he didn't throw a Hail Mary. That never See, happened. Go, that never happened. <laughs> it just Besides the Hail Marys and the fourth and ones when you need a QB sneak and you have to get that first down, he's in the game. He's in every snap. You're right. <laughs> Okay, whatever. Um, let's get into NFL Week 14. Son of, God damn it. <laughs> uh, all right, first game, Cardinals at Giants. The Cardinals are favored by a point and a half. Uh, Giants money line plus 110 over under at 45. Um, Arizona's 0-5 against the spread in their last five games. I'm just throwing that out there. Their own five against the spreads. I know this is a one and a half point spread, so we'll see. Um, but the over in Arizona games has gone over four of the last six times. I'm going to take the over 45 points in Giants. Uh, Cardinals, I have no play on the spread. I'll go to you, Big Dog, and then Chris. Why do I want to take the Giants there? You should do it. I really want to take. Is it three or three and a half? It's one and a half. Are you sure? I have it at one and a half. I checked on FanDuel before this pod, and it's at three. Okay, wait. Let me check that out. I did that this a couple hours ago, so you might be right. Where's this flying? Um, it's at three now. My bad. Total minus three. It's give me the Giants plus three. Giants plus three. Cardinals have been awful, and I mean the Giants. They're playing for a division, and they're at home, and you get three points. I absolutely love it. Is Danny Jones or is it Colt McCoy? It doesn't really matter to me. But do you know? 
Who's coming back this week, Chris? I don't know. He's questionable. There's a chance he returns, but if he returns, he's going to be hobbled. Uh, I still like the Giants plus three here. What do you um, got? So I uh, actually have a best bet in this game as well, and I'm going to oppose you. Um, I'm laying three with the Cardinals. 0-5 against the spread in the past five weeks. What does that mean? That means that they have to normalize at some point. They're going to come back to earth. Uh, I think they're going to they're going to return a little bit. Look, I'm not saying that I don't believe in in the Giants' defense, but I don't know if I believe in them the same way that I don't think they I don't believe that they will perform the same way they did against the Seahawks last week. This week against the Cardinals. Um, I think Murray's going to get out of the pocket a little bit. He still doesn't look completely 100% to me. But, you know, week by week when you you, you get a little bit more time to heal up, I, I think he's he's going to look a lot healthier in this game, and he's going to return to the Kyler Murray that we saw at the start of the year. So I'm going to lay three with the cards. Okay, so we got – I like that. We all had a different play on that. Andrew has the Giants plus three. I have the over. Chris has the cards minus. So the only Let's time we lose ne- is if it goes under. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bet it goes under. And uh, uh, and you guys push some in some weird way. Yeah, you guys push. You guys are going to push and it's going to go under. Um okay, next game. This is going to be this is not our Oh wait, this is our this is our charm and ultra yeah, bowl. This is the toilet, toilet bowl, bowl game of the week. Yep. All right, I have the Cowboys at minus three and a half. You can get the Bengals money line at plus 165. Over under on this game is sitting at 42 and a half. Man, this is dirty. This is just a stinker. I'll take uh I'll take the Cowboys minus three and a half in the I, I don't want to bet on Ryan Lindley or whoever the whoever the Bengals are throwing out. I'll take the Cowboys minus three and a half, and I don't feel good about it. Chris? Um yeah, this sucks to be able to lay this with the Cowboys. I I don't want to do it at all, but uh, I'm gonna have. I gotta. I gotta. I, I'm not betting on Brandon Allen. <laughs> I'm just. I can't. I, yeah. Damn. This is a revenge game for the Ginger. Gotta take the Cowboys. <laughs> oh, yeah, look at that revenge look game, at that. baby. Oh, okay. Now I feel totally good about now this. Now we're bet. good. See, that was. We take Andy Dalton this week. Big Doug, you you dug. I like that. <laughs> all right, okay. So we're all on the Cowboys minus three and a half in our Charmin Ultra Bowl. Um, yeah, and then uh, I know Kyle's not on, but he did send us his picks, and um, oh, yeah. he does have the Bengals uh, plus three and a half here. I don't know if he anticipated that this would be the toilet bowl teaser of the week, but uh, he he might like the Bengals straight up plus. He three really and likes half. this game. <laughs> here, here we go. All right, Kyle's on that, um, and yeah, we'll get. Make sure when we're recapping all our best bets, we'll relay that text message of his and get all his picks out. Um, okay, next game, gentlemen, we got the Packers at the Lions. The Packers are favored by seven and a half. Lions money line is at plus three one five, and the over under is at fifty five. I have two plays on this game. I look. I think the Packers are just going to kick the crap out of the Lions. I don't think I've seen anything from the Lions this year at all i'm sorry steven and i know matt safford might throw maybe a garbage time touchdown but i still think the packers win by at least 10 maybe 14 and then chris i believe it was you last week who was going over the packers how much they've scored week to week correct so give me the over 55 (laughs) because i think the packers are going to at least put up like 42 points um 
Or, uh, not at least, but I think they could put up Packers anywhere averaging from 35. 32 points. So I think I think they're going to put up more when they're playing the Lions. So I'll take Packers minus seven and a half and the over fifty-five. Big Dog will go to you. Uh, I have got nothing. Um, I don't want to watch the Packers or Lions this week. The Packers are going to kill. All right, Chris. Um, I've we'll go over it later when we review all the best bets. Um, for me, but uh, yeah, just you know, kind of touching on what you said. I did read the point totals out. Um, they're they're averaging just over. 32 points a game very close to it um this year the packers are and uh the lions are going to have kenny galladay again uh, i see deandre swift on the injury report as well there's a possibility that he might not play um i i just i i i rogers always does really really good against bad teams and i think that this oh chris do you want to hear a stat Green Bay over four of the last six. Hey, games. Detroit over. Detroit over right last really, five of the six, really... last five of the six games Detroit's played has gone over too. Let me tell you something. Seven of the last ten games Detroit Lions have played. Oh boy, oh, let's go seventy percent of the time. Let's go. So we got the over fifty-five there for me. Um, Chris, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, we'll we'll talk about the the rest of it later because I've got a best bet on this okay. one. All right, sounds good. Um, we're going into the next game, which is Texans at Bears. Um, this is a gross game. It was a contender for the Charmin Ultra, but didn't quite make it. Uh, the Texans are favored by one and a half. You can get the Bears money line at plus 105, over under at 45 and a half. Let me double check to see that this line is still at that um, really quick. What well, we're looking for, Texans. Yeah, it's still at minus one and a half. Um, uh, this is a gross game, but. Deshaun Watson does not deserve to be said to be in gross games because of how special a player and how good he is. And I think he's just started really lighting it up. And despite, doesn't matter who he's throwing it to, everyone can get suspended for steroids. And Deshaun Watson's going to figure something out. Um, I like the Texans minus one and a half here versus the Bears. I'll take that as a best bet. Um, Chris? Um, super gross game. I think, uh, if anything, you should take a peek at the under. It's 45. Um, Right now, is that what you have it at? 45? 45, 45 and a half. And a half. Yeah, okay. 45. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's scary betting on the under uh, on either of these teams. But, uh, you know, I, I, David Johnson is back. Um, David Montgomery seemed to find it on the ground last week a little bit. So, uh, not only are these, not only is the Bears defense good, but, um, but I think that the Texans defense can be, can be had. Um, and and Chicago's game plan is going to involve a lot of running. So that's going to run the clock out, and I don't know if there's going to be a ton of points scored in this game. So um, I, I take a peek at the under. No best bet for me, but that, that's all I got on this one. Big Dog, you got anything? Go off Chris's point under four in the last six Houston's game. The under is hit four of the last six. Mm. Okay. Not going to touch it because I just I can't watch it, but I like your reasoning. There's Deshaun Johnson. Deshaun Johnson, Deshaun <laughs> Watson is, I mean, how are the Bears going to score? Yeah. Just, I just don't think the Bears can score. I haven't seen it all year. I haven't seen it, especially the last six weeks from Chicago. I don't, I don't They've lost, that, like, yeah, six straight. Um, Okay. No best bet, though. All right, let's go to our next game. We got the Chiefs at the Dolphins. The Chiefs are favored by seven. You get the Dolphins money line at plus 275, over under at 49 and a half. So Andrew and I have kind of locked in. We said we we're going to take the Chiefs minus the spread every week. It's been tough for us. And you know how tough it's been, Andrew? 
Chiefs are one and four against the spread in the last five games. I don't like that. I don't like that either. But I like it this week. I like. I. I, I'm not. I'm. I like them playing. I think the Dolphins, the Chiefs, get up for big games. I think that the Dolphins have gotten a lot of hype, and the Dolphins might come out and hit the Chiefs in the mouth in the beginning of the first quarter or something. But I think that will spark something in the Chiefs. So I'll lay the seven with the Chiefs as a best bet. Big dog, you're with me on the laying the seven. Laying the seven. All right, Chris. Yep, I'm with you. I'm laying the seven. All um, right. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it's going to be an absolute runaway. Um, and uh, I think it's going to be a reminder of the Chiefs. Yeah, this is going to be a AFC. like. Calm down. We're the we're the Chiefs. Like we're, we're, we're gonna, the Chiefs exactly. Yeah. yeah, you think the Dolphins are good? That's cute. Like that's what that's what I expect. So we'll see. Let's go to the next game, guys. Um, Vikings at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bucks are favored by six and a half. You get the Vikings money line at plus two forty. The over under is at fifty one and a half. I mean, let's talk about teams where we cannot figure out what is going on with them, gentlemen. I mean, the Bucks, like Lord knows what we're going to see week to week with them, and then the Vikings, kind of the same. I mean, they almost the lose to the fight. yeah, but They're they almost the lose to fight. the Jags. So it's like, what do we expect here? So. I'm going to take the over because I'm kind of addicted to overs this week. I like the over 51 and a half in this game because these teams just seem to score a lot of points, both of them. So uh, I'll go to Chris and then to Big Okay, so then you might like what I've got on the slate here. Um, I really like the way the Vikings have been playing recently. Um, Obviously, the Bucs had a bye week last week, so we didn't get to see them in action. Maybe a little bit of recency bias. But I also have a best bet in this game, and it is a teaser. And mm. the teaser is bringing the Vikings up to 12.5 because if they're both going to score okay. points, the back door is always open there if they don't outright win the game, which is a possibility in my mind. Um, and bring that over-under down to 46.5, crossing that key number of 51. Ooh. And uh, go over that forty-six and a half. So Vikings to twelve and a half, and over forty-six and a half on the six-point teaser. I like that. I like that. Okay, let's go to our next game here, guys. We got the Titans. Wait. Oh, big dog, did I skip you? I'm so sorry. Uh, so I this game jumped out to me right away. I've been taking the Bucks all year, and I see that sixty-eight percent of America is taking the Bucks. So I'm going to completely fade America. <laughs> I'm going to take the six. Always and a good half. call. Damn it, big Both dog, are six call. to six against the spread. Vikings are right on the cusp of a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. So are the Buccaneers. But if they beat and take a tiebreaker against the Buccaneers, that opens up a brand new door. Hungry dog runs faster. Take this. Nice. I will say, just this is a Kirk Cousins Tom Brady matchup. Oh, stop it! Don't say that. This is all you say that Sunday night. You okay. Can, okay. To, Good point. Fair, 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 fair. All right, let's you know, go. To the... I, you know I don't like t- fading Tom. I know, oh, but I think I, I think this year fading Tom probably would be profitable. So let's go. Titans at Jaguars. Titans are favored by seven and a half here. I'm gonna be, yeah, seven and a half. You can get the Jags money line at plus two ninety over under fifty three. I mean the Titans. It's just like the Bucks and Vikings kind of. It's a Jekyll and Hyde situation. They beat the crap out of the Colts. And then completely lay an egg versus the Browns. I've been taking the Titans pretty consistently this year. And this is a week where I am going to... I'm going to step away. 
I think they could probably maybe cover the seven and a half versus the Jags, but the Jags are a little frisky. We saw last week versus the Vikings, but I just don't know what to expect out of this Tennessee team. Um, Big Dog, we'll start with you and then go to Chris if you guys have anything on this. I've got nothing. I would lean Titans. Titans lost last week, right? Yeah, they got so they the got, Browns. They got the Browns. That's right. The Browns kicked their ass. They're going to come yeah. out firing. This is a get-right week against the Jaguars just to practice. Yeah. Chris? Um, so, I don't know. The Jets came really, really close to winning last week, and I feel like that might make the Jaguars want to make sure that they lose more. So, maybe maybe they lose by, by like, three touchdowns and get blown out in this game, and and Derrick Henry runs for 970 yards or something like that. I don't know. But um, but they are actively tanking. And I mentioned earlier that James Robinson has been really fun to watch this year. He's really the only thing. Him him versus Derrick Henry are really the only two things that I want to watch in this game, and that's not, nothing other than that. Yeah, that says a lot about the game when all you care about is the opposing quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go to the next game. This is a this is not our game of the week, but this has a lot of playoff implications for sure. We got the Colts at the Raiders. The Colts are favored by a field goal. Yes, they are. Um, the Raiders money lines at plus one thirty five. You can get the over under at fifty one and a half. Um, this is a very important game in terms of playoff seating. You guys know what I mean. Colts minus three. They're playing the Raiders. I think the Colts are going to be able to take care of this team. Um, the Colts are a type of defense that is very, um, I think, can limit the Raiders a lot in terms of the Raiders being able to move the fall a little more down the field like they've been playing a lot this year. I think the Colts secondary can do something with that. And I just think that this is a huge game for the Colts because they're looking across at the the team they're tied for in their division, but the Titans have the tiebreaker, and the Titans have a cakewalk, theoretically, this week at the Jags. So I think the Colts are going to be really up for this game. I'll take the Colts minus three because I just believe in the Colts making the playoffs more than the Raiders. Chris, this is your Raiders. What do you think? Yeah, this is a tough game. We still really don't know who exactly is going to be healthy for the Raiders. Obviously, Jacob's been dealing with some injuries. Um, when he's out there, I think he makes a world of difference because it you know, it really makes the linebackers pull up and focus on the run a little bit more. Um, it's a hard game for me to pick, just not knowing exactly who's going to be out there. But, man, the Raiders have just been so disappointing the last couple of weeks, even though they did end up coming away with the win. Um, I'm just going to sit back and watch this one. I've got no action here. Obviously, I'm going to be pulling for the Raiders. Um, and if I did have to pick a side, it would be a slight lean towards the Raiders just because – they're getting a full three points, and in a game with this many implications, that three usually comes into play. Um, so I'll be interested to see on game day, right before this game starts, taking a peek at that number and seeing if it's moved. If it's moved, then there could be a story behind that somewhere, um, and there could be a little bit of value that you can find just before kickoff if you keep an eye on that number um, and see if it moves at all. Big Doug. So I think the Colts are better than the Raiders, but I don't like betting against the Raiders in Vegas. I know there's no fans there, but just something about the black hole, <laughs> whatever, Death Star, whatever it's called now, they they play there. Um, I'm just going to stay away and watch this game and let you sweat out Phil with that two-minute drive. 
Yep, I'll be doing that. I do that. I've done that every week of my entire life. I'm used to that. Um, let's go to this next game, guys. We got the Jets, who we've all acknowledged completely that the Jets completely tanked at the end on that Raiders play and allowed them <laughs> to score a touchdown. Right? Like that's a pretty accepted like fact. Yeah. Right? Or they just uh, wanted to, you know, they just wanted to find an excuse for Greg Williams to get fired, and the owner walked down there and said. We're running an engage eight, and then they fired in just so they, they could fire in the next day. <laughs> Jesus, I mean, that just was bad. Engage eight. <laughs> that was bad. Um, Seahawks are favored here in this game versus the Jets by thirteen and a half. You get the Jets money line at plus four seventy five, over under forty seven and a half. Um, I don't want to touch this game at all. We saw the Seahawks lose last week to the Giants, so this is maybe a get-right game for them versus the Jets. But again, the Seahawks aren't... I don't like betting the Seahawks minus 13.5. They tend to kind of play close games and be weird. Maybe it's get-right week. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm going to stay away. I'll go to you, Big Dog, and then Chris. Yeah, I'm staying away. I think it's just at that point of the season where double digits and... It's yeah, too it's like, I, don't want, I don't want to touch that. Chris? Yeah, Did does anybody know, did the Jets... Stay on the West Coast this week. No idea. Uh, interesting. Um, I don't know. Uh, they're actively, actively trying to tank. I, I don't see another side to play in this game other than taking the Seahawks. I, I, I don't have it as a best bet, but uh, I mean, I and the Seahawks could win thirty-seven to three. That yeah, could that's happen, right? But it's like I don't know. Yeah, you just. Because the Jets almost, it's just, I don't know this. I don't, like, I trust the Seahawks to a level, but I don't trust them enough to cover. Right, yeah, and 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 I, I, I trust them too, and I think we're, we've got a little bit of recency bias with the Jets because they just scored a bunch on the Raiders, and um, I don't know. I, 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 lean toward, I lean towards laying it, and, and also I've got 13 and a half. Okay, that's what we have too, right, 13 and a half? Yes, 13 and a half, yeah. cool. So you're taking 13 and uh, a half? I, I'm not marking it as a best bet, okay. but it, it, if you have to degenerately bet this game, I would take. I would lay the 13 and a half. I respect that. Okay, next game, Falcons at Chargers. Um, Chargers coming off losing 45 to nothing to a Patriots team that lost by like 30 tonight against the Rams. That makes me feel good. Falcons are favored by two and a half. The Chargers money line's at plus 120. Over-unders at 49 and a half. Um, see, okay. Usually, I would be like, ooh, Chargers getting the points in a close game, maybe. But I actually think that this team is 100% quit on Anthony Lynn. And that this season is done. And they're... I just... I cannot put a penny on a team that is coached by a man. I legit, He's the worst coach in the history of professional sports. He and it's not because he's a bad person or anything like that. He just has no idea what is going on on the field, and he is just grossly, grossly, like overmatched in his position. It's a tragedy, and frankly, it makes me want to puke watching them out there. I'm not gonna touch this game. If I had to lean anything, I'd honestly lean Falcons minus two and a half. Because I don't trust, I don't trust what's going on with this Chargers team, Big Dog. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is the week we find out how serious if the team quit on Anthony Lynn or not. Because if they lose to the Falcons, have been very good since they fired Dan Quinn. 
though. They've yeah, been one of like the very well. under the radar teams. Yeah, we we month. mentioned Raheem Morris, right? Like on the last pod, he's been. I mean, Falcons have actually played very hard the past month. You know, I just I don't know what we're gonna see because it's like the Chargers. They've been competitive, competitive, and then they lost forty-five to nothing, and they just look broken. And then you hear I mean, that if you, Chris, you're, you're a player on the Chargers. Like, sorry, big dog, but if you're a player on the Chargers, like Andrew and I are obviously dejected because we're rooting for them and we hate Anthony Lynn. But like, if you're a player on the Chargers and you play football your whole life, you're a fuck, you're a freaking professional football player, and you see the pl- way this guy's calling the game, you gotta give up. Like, you gotta feel dejected. Like, what's going on here? The dude ran the ball with 20 seconds left up the middle with no timeouts. Yeah, right? absolutely. It's it's gotta it's gotta be it's absolutely gotta be just deplete the energy of the team. The other thing, too, is, like, I feel like they gain a lot of that energy from, like, some of the big plays that Justin Herbert makes. And what's the best way to shut down a quarterback like Justin Herbert? Because what they're trying to do is get him out of the pocket and open things up a little bit is to have athletic linebackers, which the Falcons have athletic linebackers. And I think that that's going to be a slight mismatch. No best bet for me here, but, uh, yeah, that'll just be – you know, interesting to watch and see if they're able to contain him again. Because if they are able to contain Herbert with those athletic linebackers again this week, um, man, I don't, I, I, I don't know that you know. Lynn, they said that Lynn's going to la- last the rest of the season. But if they have another offensive performance like they did last week, granted, I know they were shut out, but you know, another sputtering offensive performance. You know, I think he's going to in- entirely lose the locker room if they lose this game. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I'm, I hope so. I hope they lose then. I hope you're right. I, I'm honest. I'm at that point with you, big dog. It's just, it sucks. You got to get him out. You got to get the cancer out to make progress. He's, he, he's, yeah, you do. You got to, you got to clean house. You got to absolutely clean house. Um, okay, Way let's go to our, talent. let's go. Yeah, I mean, for the, so yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's infuriating how much, ta- like the receiving core, I mean, Imagine if Derek Carr had Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry to throw to. They'd be and a lot Bosa. better. Oh, and yeah, they had Bosa. I mean, seriously. Hey, it's just, it's ridiculous. Okay, let's go to the next game. Saints at the Eagles. Eagles starting Jalen Hurts this weekend. The Saints are favored by a touchdown. Eagles money line at plus 255, over under 43 and a half. Gentlemen, I have a lock on this game, and my lock is the Saints minus seven. I am addicted to betting on the Saints without Drew Brees. I <laughs> think that this Eagles team is kind of broken and we're seeing the end of Peterson probably. And so what we got here is we got a matchup of two uh, running style quarterbacks. Hertz is probably a little bit better of a passer than Hill, but in this matchup, I will take the saints all day. Um, I think the saints defense is a very, very tough first matchup as a rookie quarterback to be starting against. So I will take the saints as minus seven as a lock big dog. Yeah. Lock it in. For that reason you said, Jalen Hurts, rookie quarterback against an incredible Saints defense. They've won nine in a row, five in a row against the spread. This team feels good with Taysom Hill. It's like a new life because I, I know it's they exciting. probably they're miss. Playing, they're all playing harder, you know? It's exactly. like They miss like Drew Brees and they're like, okay, Drew Brees is going to quarterback us in the playoffs. But right now, this is a fun for the dog days of football to have this new exciting yeah, Taysom Hill. The Saints back. have been fun to watch, Chris. Um, I also have a best bet on the Saints, minus seven. Um I think the number I the last time I looked at the number, um, it was minus six and a half. Right now, I've got it at my at minus one hundred eight odds on on Fanduel for um, for the Saints minus seven. So 
Um, if you want it, that, that's pretty good odds. That's basically one to one, whereas normally you're you're laying you know one point one to one to to be able to to make your your money mm-hmm. back on it. Um, so if you wanted to purchase that half point and get it down, you're going to be looking at probably about minus one fifteen odds. Pretty good um, to do that if you don't feel comfortable laying the full touchdown. Um, but yeah, I like the Saints minus six and a half here. Um, and I honestly, I, I don't think they're going to do it necessarily through the air. I think it's going to be much more of a ball control scheme and they're going to try and run the ball a little bit more, a lot more short passing plays, keep possession of the ball. If you, if you, at the end of the first half, if the score is, um, you know, whatever, if the score is, let's just say 10, let's say it's 10 to seven. All right. At the end of the first half, but the possession is skewed heavily towards the Saints, I think the second half is going to be a completely different story because they've already carried out the exact game plan that they want going into the game. They'll break them. Uh, and, and, and they'll continue to do that. I think Kamara runs for over 100 yards this game. So, Saints, minus seven. All right. I'm in. Best bet. I like that. We're, we're all in the Saints. Um, Big Dog and I both locking that. Um, football team at 49ers is our next game. The 49ers are favored by a field goal, minus three. Uh, you can get the football team money line at plus 150. The over-unders at 43 here. Um, this is this is a, just a very tough matchup for a hurt 49ers team when you're looking at the defensive line that the Washington football team can throw at them and obviously the passing defense. I like what I've been seeing from Mullins, but I don't know. I, 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 I just don't trust anything about this game, so it's a stay away from me, Chris. Um. Yeah, it's a stay away from me too. But um, if if I were to take it, I think I would take the Niners. Um, I, I you know obviously, um, I think that they've got a good defense and and they've got a really good pass rush. But I think Shanahan's able to scheme up something where he's able to get the ball out of Mullen's hands quickly enough to let the pass rush not affect them. Uh, not affect the quarterback quite as much. Obviously, the offensive line is pretty depleted as well, um, and, and get a lot of pre-snap motion going, and, and and you know find some success offensively against this defense that's been so tough this year. So um, I, I I don't have any best bets on this game, but I'd take a look at the Niners. Big dog. So I'm gonna be honest. I did originally before we we made the. Charmin Ultra Bowl, the Cowboys, and I took the Giants. I had the Reds or the Washington team there, and I am just going to cancel that bet. I would lead Washington here, <laughs> but I'm not going to take three NFC teams East. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bet, so I'm staying That's away. From smart that. move, smart move, definitely. I'm um, all right. I got the last game of the week that we're going to be talking about is our Sunday nighter, the game of the week, our marquee matchup. You've got the Steelers at the Bills. The Steelers losing last Monday on a game that was not on television for me or my dad. We Neither of us could get it on. Could you guys have trouble watching that game? That game was not on on Fox like it was supposed nope. to. I have cable. I pay for all of that. It was not on. No, it wasn't on. Like, no? What, it, there was like the whole western half of the United States starting at the eastern border of Texas didn't get the game. Unless you had to, unless yeah, you had was, DirecTV NFL Sunday ticket, then you got it. Yes, yeah, see, I didn't get that, which sucked because that was a good game. We got to see a great game there. I mean, I was streaming it, and but when you're watching some of those streams, you're like, what, a minute and a mm-hmm. half behind, exactly. and it's like kind of bugging out. So, um, 
I think that – so last week we were talking. We always do our power rankings, right? And we've had Chiefs, Steelers. Chris, you had Steelers at one. Um, I've been waiting for an excuse to put the Bills above the Steelers. Um, so in this Steelers at Bills game, you got the Bills favored by two and a half. The Steelers money line is plus 120, over under 46 and a half. I think the Bills are actually the second best team in the AFC. I think that they are going to be able to play the Steelers at home this week. And I like them minus two and a half because I do think the Chiefs will get the number one seed. And I think this is the game that the Steelers do lose. Um, and the Steelers will still keep the two seed in the AFC, I believe. Um, but I think the Bills win this game here. Bills minus two and a half is a best bet for me. We'll go to Big Dog and then we'll go to Chris. So this is just one of those times when you have an 11-1 team that's an underdog that I'm just going to take the plus two here. I, I, it's not obviously not going to be easy because the Bills are very good, but I think it's kind of that Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. When Pat Mahomes is an underdog, you take that. And I think when you have a team as good I as think, the Steelers, I know they don't can't run the ball at all, and they're all pass heavy, but I think their defense is good enough to confuse. Don't you Josh think Allen though, Andrew? This game really comes down to. I know it's minus two and a half, but it's like, who do you think's better? Who do you think's the second best team in the AFC? Is it the Bills the or the Steelers? Because I think the Steelers. So that, have a, I'm that's I'm not like saying that's yeah. bad, but don't you think what the, that's what this game kind of comes down to with exactly. the spread, Chris? And it's right? like, yeah, absolutely. Um, so Andrew, you're Steelers. Yeah, I'm Steelers plus two, and then but also it's like because if the it's Steelers t- is that two game, now? Is that two or whatever it is? Plus two and a half. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. It's two. No, you're right. So yeah, I have this, bills. I have bills minus two. Andrew Steelers plus two. Christo, what I've do you got? I've got the Steelers plus two um, as well. Um, I just think that the that the Bills aren't strong enough on, on defense to be able to contain the Steelers' offense, and and they definitely can't guard four wide receivers, which the Steelers have. Um, and uh, I think James Conner is going to come back this week, and I think he's going to make a little bit of difference as well. And I look for that defense to bounce back. Um, and uh, this is their first Sunday game, not a Monday weird two p.m. or a Wednesday in, in two a or while. three weeks. So hopefully, yeah. a little normalcy in comes a while, back. I agree. And this I mean, is for the number one seed as well. Oh, absolutely! It's I can't wait. Amazing Sunday night game. They nailed absolutely. this one. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's recap our best bets right now. I'll start. And then, um, Krista, will you read out Kyle's bets when yeah, we go out absolutely. to you? All right. Okay, my best bets this week. I got the over 45 in the Cardinals-Giants game. I've got the Packers minus 7.5 versus the – oh, wait, I should go my record first. Sorry. Last week I went 6-3. and three. My overall record this year, I'm 60-56-5. And, um, and my locks are 5-8 and eight, or 5-9. Five and, five and nine. I'm 5-9 and nine in my locks. Um, and now, so yeah, six and three last week, 60, 56 and five overall. We'll go this week. I got the Cardinals and giants over 45 points. I got the Packers minus seven and a half versus the lions. I got the over in that game as well at over 55 points. I got the Texans minus one and a half versus the bears. Oh, and I also have the Cowboys minus three and a half in the Charmin ultra bowl game against the Bengals. I got the chiefs minus seven versus the dolphins. The over in the Vikings-Bucks games over 51.5. The Colts minus 3 versus the Raiders. The Saints minus 7 versus the Eagles as my lock. And then I will also be taking the Bills minus 2 versus the Steelers. 
Chris, we will go to you. You will do Kyle, and then Big Dog, you will round us up. How's that sound? Perfect. Um, so my record on the year is seven, twelve, and one. Locks are two and one. Um, starting off with Cleveland, we're taking plus two and a half there with the Browns against the against, against the, the Ravens. Ravens. Yep. Okay, I need to add that into mine as well because I did the fifty dollars bet, right. Joe. Sorry. Um, yeah. And then uh, the Charmin game of the week, the Cowboys. I've got the Cowboys minus three and a half. The Red Rifle Revenge game. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's um, so good. You gotta make a meme for that. And then um, I've got the Steelers plus two. Did you guys say I had it at one and a half? So I'll take the two. Um, yeah, yeah I got the two. Steelers plus two. Yeah. Like I said, I think their offense is a little bit too much uh, for the Bills. And um, I've also got the Saints minus seven. My lock of the week is the Packers minus seven and a half. Um, I, I, I've seen it up to minus eight at some locations. Um, if you wanted to, to buy the point down to minus seven because you don't feel comfortable with the hook, you can go for it. It'll cost you about 30 bucks. It's minus 130 if you buy the additional point. Uh, but I'm just going to go ahead and stick with the seven and a half. I think that they beat them by uh, at least 10 points. Um, I've got the Chiefs minus seven uh, against the Dolphins. I think that uh, I think that they're going to put up a bunch of points this week. I know that Dolphins defense has been really good this week, but um, I, I just think there's going to be a lot of scoring. I look for the Chiefs to, to win by seven there. I've got the Cardinals minus three. Uh, I look for Kyler Murray to get right again this week in that game. And then uh, I've got a tease um, bringing the Vikings up to plus 12 and a half and bringing that over under down to 46 and a half and going over the 46 and a half. So that's the tease I've got there. Um, all right. I'm going to jump into Kyle's best bets. He is 22 and 38 on the year. He is three and nine on the locks. He's got a he's got a couple of locks here this week, looking to bounce back in the locks department a little bit. Um, he is going first and foremost with the toilet bowl teaser. He's got the Bengals plus three and a half. He's got the Texans minus one and a half. Let's go. He's got a seven point tease with the Chiefs and the Saints down to a pick'em, and that is his lock of the week. He's oh, got yeah. the Vikes plus six and a half. He's got the Pike. He's got the Packers minus seven and a half, and he bought a point on that. Or I'm sorry, excuse me, minus six and a half, and he bought a point on that. Um, so okay. he had it at seven and a half, the same way that I did there. Um, he's got the Steelers plus two and a half. He's got the Falcons minus two and a half. He's got another lock here, and just in, <laughs> I, I thought this was pretty funny. We'll have to we'll follow uh, follow Kyle on Twitter to to um, to figure out what he means by this. But he's got a lock in in quotes. It's controversial, um, but he's got he's got the Colts <laughs> minus three as a lock here. Um, what? Oh, is that a reverse? Yeah, a, jinx? Must be a reverse jinx. It's got to be. Oh, <laughs> oh that son of a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's where the controversial comes in. I don't know. Stay stay tuned on Kyle's Twitter page to find out what the controversial means yeah, there. We'll get to the bottom of that. <laughs> then he's uh he's got the Texans and the Bears under forty five and a half. And he's got the Cardinals Giants under forty five. 
Oh, I got I'm on that over. Me versus Kyle there, but yeah. All right. Big Doug, wrap us up. All right. I am forty one and twenty nine. Six and six to my locks. I was three and two last week. We got six games for you. We're taking the Vikings on the road to Tampa Bay plus six and a half. We're rolling with the Chiefs minus seven in Miami. We're locking the Saints minus seven against Jalen Hurts Eagles. Let's go. I'm taking the Giants over my beloved Cardinals earlier this year. Plus three. They're at home. I like that. Andy Dalton revenge game. Cowboys minus three and a half. And then I'm taking the Steelers plus two on Sunday night. All right. So I'm the lone wolf there on the Bills on Sunday night. But we will be back on Sunday night to recap all of NFL Week 14. Hopefully, we had just watched an all-timer with the Steelers-Bills. I got I'm, My hopes are very high for that game, gentlemen. I hope on Sunday Might night well. we are we are just we are just like in Galloping. disbelief of how great that was. The Stallion riding and the Steelers as well. Um, this has been episode 66 of the Pineapple Couch. Thank you so much to everyone who listens and is a part of this. We love doing this so much, and uh, we look forward to doing it each time each week. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Big Dog. Always a pleasure to talk to both of you. We'll talk to you guys next time. Adios.